Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. All right, so if you, uh, if you have your Bibles tonight, we're going to open them up to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Before this point um, in Scripture, Jesus actually finishes feeding 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, which is pretty amazing. It's actually, it was more than that because that, this story didn't include the women and the children that were there in that place. It was more than 5,000, which was absolutely insane. But he's set a miracle in motion in front of these people. And he is after, soon after that sending his disciples off on a little, a little cruise in a wooden boat that is 26-ish feet long. So by no means it's not like a Disney cruise line. It's a rickety wooden boat out into the ocean. And uh, so let's see what happens. Let's read. Let's start in verse 22. Verse 22. Immediately... He made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Let's remember that. That's important. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Jesus, we thank you that in this place, we, we don't meet to have Christian karaoke. We don't meet to, to just hang out in a cool place. We meet because we're, we're thirsty for an encounter with you, Jesus. And I thank you that we can have an encounter with you in this place, Lord. Every time we open up our word, we always leave this place better, God. So continue to move in this place, Lord. We thank you for this time. We never take it for granted. We never want to grow familiar of reading these stories. Whether we've heard these stories before in the past or not, your, your Holy Spirit is working through them, and we can always see something new and fresh, and I thank you for that tonight. So we pray all of this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So good. So tonight, 
as we finish up this series, I want to preach a message entitled, Trusting in the Storm. Trusting in the Storm. I'm believing God is going to encourage us tonight that we can remember why we have confidence, and it's because of Jesus being with us in the storm. He's actually there with us. It might be hard to see him sometimes, but he's there. So uh, I have a question tonight. Is there anyone in the room that is afraid of heights? Anybody? It's okay. I'm raising my hand. I'm a little, little afraid of heights, just, just a little bit. Um, and I, I, when I was younger, I would, I would take, take trips to Canada because uh, my dad's Canadian. Holler to everyone that's Canadian in the place. Probably not many. But I went to the Great White North pretty often when I was young. And I would go and visit my family and see my cousin in Toronto. And we would go and we'd check out the city. It kind of reminded me of like a colder version of New York City, but different still. A uh, little cleaner. But it was still, still, still really cool. And uh, I always remember seeing this huge tower, the CN Tower. And I was always in awe of it whenever we would go to that city. And, you know, my family eventually, they were like, why don't we just go check it out? And I was like, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. And I was young, of course. I was, you know, convinced to go because I had no choice because my dad's like, we're going. I'm like, okay. So we go. And I'm with some of my, my other cousins and I have an older cousin that uh, was kind of teasing me. He knew that I was a little afraid of heights. And he said, hey, you know, when we go up there, there's a floor that's actually, um, it's just glass. It's a glass floor. And you can actually walk out and you can, like, see the very bottom of the tower and the ground and everything. And I'm like, oh, yay. Like, that's the last place that I want to be. Like, I feel like if I walk on that, that floor, I'm going to die. I don't know. I just feel like the glass is going to break or something. I'm just going to fall through. And he's like, well, you're going to walk on it. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you are. And I'm like, you're ridiculous. So we're like going up this elevator, and my heart is pounding. And I'm like trying not to look out the window. I'm just like closing my eyes, and I'm just praying. And we get up there, and... I see the section where everyone's taking photos and they're like walking over the glass and like some people are like, their, their knees get weak as soon as they like look down. And I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to go over there. There's absolutely no way. And I remember that, that feeling of just being afraid to step out. And I didn't. I did not step out. I did not step out on that glass. I was like, there's no way I'm doing it. But there were tons of people doing it and they were loving it. They were taking photos, enjoying it, but I just could not bring myself to it. And I was reminded of just how scared I was, of just because of how high we were up in the air and all of this stuff. And my cousin did it, no, no problem. And we carried on and I ended up, you know, convincing him to not push me over there. And everything went fine in the end. But I kind of felt like Peter in a, in a way going back to this story, where Peter, I think we all have kind of felt like Peter at some point in life. We've been afraid to just kind of step out. But we do it, and then we find ourselves in a storm eventually, and we get so consumed by what's happening around us 
we forget who's right in front of us. And I felt like that we could be Peter a lot of the time. But it's interesting that the, the disciples, they went about three miles out into this lake. They began to experience a storm. And just when they thought that was the worst of it, they see the wind, they see the waves, and they're in fear of their life. And then they see someone walking on the water, and they think it's a ghost. So their day just got ten times worse. It's like, we're going to die in the storm, but also the last thing I get to see is a ghost. But then Jesus quickly interjects, right? And he says, fear not, it is I. Do not be afraid. Fear not, but I am with you. Jesus was with them and they didn't even realize it. But I really feel like Peter's reaction later on in this story, his reaction is, is a part of the human condition. We all struggle from time to time with seeing Jesus. So my question to you as we start off the night, are you busy looking at your surroundings or are you busy keeping your eyes on Jesus? I want to remember that I can keep my eyes on Jesus no matter what the situation is. I can keep my eyes straight on him no matter what my surroundings look like and he's going to see me through it. So tonight I want to give us a couple points to just help us when we walk through the storms. So tonight, the first one, you can write this down. Be with Jesus before the storm. Be with Jesus before the storm. If getting away with God was good enough for Jesus in the beginning of the story, then it's good enough for me and you. If he took time to be with his Father, his Heavenly Father, then we should do the same before he even stepped out, out on the water. Even though he was still in control of the situation, he still, after praying and talking to his Father, he stepped out in the storm too. So I think that's really important from the very top for us to remember if it was good enough for Jesus to talk to God and pray, then we should pray too. Jesus actually went up to a desolate place to have a conversation with God and to pray with his father and to prepare for the mission that was ahead of him. If Jesus took moments to pause to speak to God, we should too. Going back to Matthew 14, it says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So he went there. That was the first thing he did. He said, peace out, disciples, and go talk to dad. And he went up to a mountain and he prayed. It's beautiful. He spent time with the Father of heaven and earth before he entered the storm. I want to tell you a practical way to stand firm when you enter a stormy season. If you already spent time with God before the season, you already have the upper hand. 
you enter your storm from a place of strength and stability. When you've already been with God, the enemy's snare in your storm will be a faint whisper if you've already spent time with God. By then, the enemy's taunts will be old news. It'll be secondary, insignificant because your first conversation was with God. And you'll be stronger all the more because of it. You'll also be able to discern God's voice better in the storm because you started the conversation with God in the first place. So spending time with Jesus helps us prepare for the storm. And I really wanted to take just a brief moment to talk about the importance of prayer. When you have the dialogue with God, it gives us an opportunity to have a check-in. So with prayer, it's important we get, to, we get to check in with God to tell him where we're at. It's an oppor- opportunity to tell him how we're doing, which gives us a chance to receive wisdom from God as well. Is there anyone else in the room that wants wisdom from God? I know I do. I'm thankful that the Bible says in James 4, if we draw near, he draws near to us. And with that comes wisdom beautiful thing about this relationship is that you can ask for wise counsel and guidance and he will provide it for you in your life. James chapter 1 verse 5, if, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. So one, prayer provides us the ability to check in with God which is so important. Two, it gives us the ability to bring thanksgiving to him when we pray. I always want to make sure I'm thanking God for something he has brought about in my life. I want to bring thanksgiving. Every time I'm praying, every time I've talk, I'm talking to him, it's somewhere in the conversation, I want to bring thanks. It's important. God, this is where I'm at but I'm going to thank you as well. I'm here right now. I'm struggling with whatever it is. I might be in a storm, might be in a trial, might be in a circumstance, but I'm thankful that you're still with me. I'm thankful that you're still my father. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, no matter what. All honor, all praise, all glory is due to his name. No matter where you're at in life, no matter what storm you're in, all of it is due to his name. So when we pray, we, we check in with God. Two, we, when we pray, we, we get to bring thanksgiving. And three, prayer gives us the chance to, to be able to confess our sins to him too. If we're struggling with something, we have the opportunity to open up that dialogue you can bring him in on what you're struggling with. I've said this before, but he is big enough, I promise you. And he wants to help you work through that. He wants to actually bring God-divine appointments in your life of people helping you with whatever you're dealing with. He wants to put people in your life that are going to actually take you from strength to strength and help you grow in your faith, to help you cultivate in your faith. 
So prayer is important. We got to go to prayer, or we got to go to God with prayer before our storm. And secondly, tonight, you need to remember to take heart in the middle of your storm. Don't lose heart, take heart. Take heart in the middle of your storm. Don't lose heart, take heart because God is on your side. Jesus never said that we wouldn't go through a storm, a trial or a struggle or a hard situation. Storm, the, the reality of it, storms do come and go. They are here one minute and gone the next. But our attitude in the storm is everything. Every time we enter a storm, we have a choice. Are we going to trust him in our storm or are we going to let the storm potentially consume us? I want to trust him. I want to trust him. James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of, of many kinds, because you know that the testing, listen to it, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's beautiful. That's sometimes the last thing you want to hear when you're in the middle of a storm, but it doesn't make it any less true, right? It's going to build perseverance. No matter what storm you go through, it's going to build your faith. It's going to build perseverance. When you get out of that storm and enter a different one that looks different, you're going to be stronger because of it because you, you go, no, I've been, I've been here before and I know who's with me. And I was actually built up in that season because God was with me, built my faith, and I can take on a new, a new storm because of who's with me. The testing of your faith builds perseverance. John 16, verse 33, this is another one that I love. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Our Savior is always greater than our situation. I'd love for you to write that down. Our Savior is always greater than our situation, no matter how big it is. He's greater. Take heart, you have the God of the universe on your side. I think a lot of, a lot of the time... All we need to do is just sit back and remember all that we have access to. He's strong, and he's here, and he loves us. He wants to be in a personal relationship with you. Some of you might be in this room, and that is kind of a foreign concept to you, but he acts, it's true. I'm living proof. I've, I've, I've experienced it. This personal relationship that you can actually have with God, it's real, and I promise you. We'll talk more about that later, but you can have a personal relationship with him, and he can, he can guide you and give you wisdom for this thing that we call life, and it's beautiful, but your Savior is greater. Our Savior is greater than our situation. I heard this quote a little while back, and I absolutely love it. Don't let God, or don't tell God how big your storm is. Tell your storm how big your God is. 
Sometimes we need to just confess the things or profess the things of God in the middle of your storm. Quote scripture, like we've said in the past, that we just need to read scripture out loud. There's power in that. I think it's good to remember or remind ourselves that we're not in we're not alone in this, this whole thing. And through this experience, whatever it looks like, he's he's building endurance. He's with us. And we're going to grow stronger in our faith because of the storm. And we can actually fight the good fight of faith. You know, in 1 Timothy, we see Paul is writing to, to Timothy from a Roman prison cell. So he's not in the best place. But he writes this letter because he wants, he wants Timothy to grow and, and, and flourish in his faith. And although the future was a little uncertain for Paul... Paul urges Timothy to fight the good fight. Through struggles, keep fighting. Through battles, keep fighting. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal, of the eternal life to which you were called to. Sorry, you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Let's not forget that we can fight the good fight of faith. We can lean into God. When we feel weak, we're actually strong because he's with us. So take heart in the middle of your storm. And the third one tonight, keep your eyes on Jesus through the storm. This past year, I heard a message. Um, me and some of my friends, we heard a message uh, from a pastor, and he's, they were talking about this idea of being eye to eye with Jesus, having your gaze fixed on Jesus, your sight fixed on him no matter what your surroundings look like, and the importance of that. And eventually, this woman that was speaking, she brought about this beautiful analogy of a newborn and the newborn's eyesight in the first few months when they're being, when their body's being developed, still their eyesight, their eyes are still being developed, they can only see clearly eight to ten inches away from their face in the first few months. And this pastor made a, a beautiful analogy of that. If you're not close enough, then it's harder to see him. It's blurry, it's fuzzy. But if you get close enough, you see Jesus in plain view. The vision becomes crystal clear. But we have, to, we have to actually step out of the boat sometimes. It'd be safe to stay in the boat. We see the storm. Logic kicks in. Maybe I should stay in the boat. But if Jesus is out in the water, I want to get closer to him, right? So sometimes we just need to step out in faith. And although Peter, he struggled with doubt, but I, I, th I think it's beautiful that he still got out of the boat. Let's give him some credit, right? He still stepped out. And I believe God is calling us to do that sometimes in life, that we just, we can stay in a place where it's kind of comfortable, but maybe God is calling us to step out in faith and just trust him.
so we can get closer to him, so we can see him better, so our gaze can be fixed on him. See, what happened with, with Peter is that he was starting out good. He got out, and he was with God. He was standing on the water. And then what happened? He took his gaze off God, or Jesus. He took his sight away from Jesus. He started looking below him, all the water rushing around, the wind, the waves. And he started to lose a little bit of faith in Jesus. He started to sink, and he cried out to Jesus. And, of course, Jesus grabs him, right? And it's beautiful. But I want us, again, to be people that just hold on to our faith no matter what. And we just see it through, whatever the situation looks like, whatever the storm looks like. If you're in a battle tonight, Jesus is with you. He might be calling you to step out and just try to get closer to him, get in closer proximity with Jesus. You're always going to be better off if you get closer to him. If there's one thing that I would love for you to take away from tonight, it's that sometimes we need to step out in faith and just get closer to Jesus, no matter what the circumstance looks like, and just fix our eyes on him, no matter what. I wonder what would happen if we just made that decision tonight. As the band comes back up, we're going to finish in just a moment, but I wonder what would happen if, if we would just remember to be with Jesus before the storm, to take heart in the middle of our storm, and to keep our eyes on Jesus through the storm. If we really took this on, I feel that it would not only impact our lives, but the people that are, are around us in our lives. They wouldn't, they can't help but see it. They're going to see a shift. I don't really want to just leave, leave you with this quote tonight. You know, no matter what your battle is, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's addiction, maybe, maybe it's uh, a struggle with finding yourself worth, whatever it is tonight, whatever battle it is, just trust Him with everything, full surrender. This quote, it says, faith isn't believing without proof. It's trusting without reservation. So I'm just calling you tonight to just trust him without reservation. Whatever it is that you might be dealing with, he can help you through it. So let's all stand together. I'd really love to, to just pray for some people. Maybe you're in this place and you, you feel that. Feel like, Chris, that's, that's me. I'm in a battle right now. And it's an active one. It's an active battle. I struggle with it daily. I want to make sure I pray for you before we end the night. So this is what we're going to do with every head bowed, eye closed. If you're, if you're dealing with something serious in this place, if it's a battle or a situation, I just want you to lift up your hand right now, and I'm going to pray for you.
God's big enough, friend. He's big enough to deal with it. Jesus, you see these hands tonight. You see these hands tonight, God, and I just pray that you would bring perseverance, Lord. God, I pray that you would cause people to rally around every person that has their hand raised to strengthen them, Lord. I pray that you would speak to them in a new way. Maybe that you would, they would hear your voice maybe for the first time in, in a battle. They would turn to it. I just pray that the Holy Spirit would just start to bring restoration right now. Just restoration in Jesus' name over these people right now, God. You bring peace. I love that you bring peace that surpasses our understanding. And I, and I pray for that, Lord. And I believe that people would experience that right now as we're praying. We thank you, Jesus. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.